This is Cinema Degeneration. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. We're not that different, Dick. I do not enjoy killing, but it's my job. Someone has to do it. Maybe. Me. The hobo with a shotgun. He didn't just eat their bodies. He ate their souls. And I joined in. I'm gonna sleep in your bloody carcasses tonight! I suggest aspirin for the headache. What headache? I'm surprised you don't have a grenade launcher. Couldn't get a permit. Because I cut off his legs. And his arms. And his head. And I'm gonna do the same to you. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears. <laughs> I used to be like you a long time ago. They're all brand new and perfect. No mistakes, no regrets. People look at you and think of how wonderful your future will be. They want you to be something special, like a doctor or a lawyer. I hate to tell you this, but if you grow up here, you're more likely to wind up selling your bodies on the streets. We're shooting dope from dirty needles in a bus stop. And if you're successful, you'll make money selling junk to crackheads. They won't think twice about killing someone's wife. Because you won't even know what's wrong in the first place. Alrighty, folks, welcome once again to Cinema Degeneration's Rucker Hauer Appreciation Month. And we have a the wildest 
wackiest, craziest, most demented, uh, manic and unhinged movie of uh, Rucker Hauer's career, at least in my opinion. And I'm sure my two co-hosts will agree, but we are doing Hobo with a Shotgun from 2011. Now, first, I would like to introduce my two guests. We're doing a threefer at this time. First, I'd like to introduce my brother-in-arms, Tommy K., Tom Commissar. How are we doing? Oh, we're doing great, guys. I'm glad to be here. This is going to be an exciting show. Thank you. And I'd also like to uh, introduce our third guest, uh, Derek Worley, <clears throat> special effects extraordinaire. How the hell are you? Doing great. Excited to be here. Yeah, y'all, are y'all ready to talk some hobo with a fucking shotgun? We ready, man. Very we ready. ready. Yes. Yeah, and uh, this this movie, I remember it uh, as as you two, I'm sure will like likely remember, started its life as a uh, fake trailer for the Grindhouse movie d- directed, the double feature directed by Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. It won a contest for a fake Grindhouse ex- exploitation trailer. And it starred, uh, I forgot the name of the fella that, that, that played the, uh, um, the original hobo with a shotgun, but he, uh, he was a, not really an actor. It was just a guy they, they, they cast. David, that was David Brunt. Brunt. Was, I kept was, thinking it was Blount, but yeah. I, was, I was half right. <laughs> David like, Brunt. Yeah. But he actually cameos as a cop that screams one line. He's like, all of us are dirty cops. And that's his little, uh, you know, cameo in this movie. And a bit of uh, trivia before we get started is that he was originally who they wanted to play uh, the 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 nameless hobo in this movie, you know, before they cast Rucker Howard. But he had kind of ghosted the production. He had disappeared and ghosted uh, the the cast and crew the the crew. And uh, because he was afraid, uh, he was a little unsure of himself that he could handle carrying an entire feature film so he was just kind of uh, avoided it at all costs well they found him before the movie was uh finishing production and like convinced him to come back in and do a little cameo which i think was uh very befitting with him but this was directed by <clears throat> excuse me this was directed by jason eisner and written by john davies a uh, kind of a creative duo behind uh t- you know producers and directors and writers of turbo kid vhs uh Treevenge, uh, the tree beneath or the teeth beneath which is a, an interesting little uh, short film abc's of death and many others and they this is also part of a group that is uh, very much in in embroiled with uh the trailer park boys there is a lot of Trailer Park Boys, and I won't get off on a tangent here, but there's a lot of Trailer Park Boys alumni involved in this movie. Uh, the director directed one of the the live Trailer Park Boys movie, Trailer Park Boys Live at the North Pole. Uh, Molly Dunsworth, John Dunsworth, a.k.a. Jim Leahy's daughter, Molly Dunsworth plays Abby. And Sarah Dunsworth, who also plays Sarah in uh, Trailer Park Boys, was the costume designer of this film. Also, uh, Brian Downey, who plays Drake, a a magnificent villain in this film, uh, played uh, a character in, I think, the second to the last season, season 11 or 12 of Trailer Park Boys. And last but not least, and I think this is the last uh, bit of trivia, the man who played the, uh, the judge... Is also the man who plays uh, the man who plays the judge in reoccurring role in Trailer Park Boys is the one who plays the captain 
He play, plays the captain that uh, is very, very nice. Jeremy Ackerman is his name. He's the chief of police in this movie. Plays very, very nice with the hobo until he realizes that he's brought in, you know, the Drake's son. And not la- last but not least, Rob Wells, Ricky uh, himself, plays Logan, the, the first uh, person to be killed by Drake and his two uh, asshole uh, behemoth sons. <clears throat> So there's a lot of Trailer Park Boys alumni in this movie, being it's a Canadian production. Now, to start off, I will give the quick IMDb synopsis, and then we'll start off with our roundtable discussion. Uh, Hobo with the Shotgun, 2011, is as follows. A homeless vigilante blows away crooked cops, pedophile Santas, and other scumbags with his trusty pump-action shotgun. And with a line like that, how could you not fall in love with this movie right off the beginning? I love the tagline of this movie, delivering justice one shell at a time. The poster is magnificent and is one of the many reasons why I love this movie and the reason why I own a poster. But that being said, uh, let's start off with our roundtable discussion. Tom, we'll kick it off to you first. Uh, Tell us your thoughts on... Hobo with a shotgun and first impressions of when you first saw this magnificent film. <clears throat> when I first, I don't remember when I first heard of it, but when I did, I, I wasn't aware of the trailer at first, but the first time I saw the title, I knew this is going to be, you know, this is one of those moments like, okay, this is, this is going to be cool. Uh, even before I knew. And then when I, I said, that's, that's not. So when I, I don't know how I, you know, probably like most people, I just kind of stumbled across it and I saw what the poster looked like. And when I saw the post, I was like, oh, fuck, I got to see this. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, this is like, like being being kind of an older guy, like we've talked about this before, like back in the 70s when I, when I was a kid and and uh, 70s and into the early 80s and that, like all the, uh, you know, we we're big movie fans. My cousin Bobby, uh, we used to go to a lot of drive-in movies uh, and watch, and we'd, you know, and all the movies, tons of movies like this at the drive-in. This was like a drive-in type movie. They were like just gritty, you know, nasty, you know, violent, it, just it, off the wall, just low budget, just dripping with fucking coolness. And and when I saw this post, I said, oh, this is, so my first impressions, um, I don't know if I'd seen the movie first or it was after I discovered there was a trailer for it, or maybe I'd seen it. I, don't, I may have seen it with the grindhouse stuff when the, when that movie, cause I know they put it in there. I don't remember, but, but when I saw the actual movie, um, I, I, it, it brought me right back to, to that, those days, you know, I just remember movies like that all the time. You know, they were all like, seemed like seventies gritty, you know, nastiness and the, then the bad guys and the, the, the nasty looking cities, you know, and the really bad, like the real, real scumbag villains. And there were just a lot of it was a brown crime. It wasn't all like slashers and stuff. You know, a lot of the real nasty, cool movies were just like crime in the city, drugs, pimps, you know, bad guys, bad cops. You know, it was pedophile all that. Santas. You know? Yeah, pe- right. Exactly. It was like pedophiles <laughs> and guys that, you know, just, you know, the, the dregs of society, just the scums. And then, you know, some guy, who, you know, he wasn't a hero on a on a white horse, he was just some guy who would come in and like clean up the town, you know, he'd get fucked over and, and, you know, and he'd start killing motherfuckers. And it was like, there was something satisfying about that. You know, I was like, you know, it's cool. Like you see these guys and, and it's just like, you know, and all these scenarios and it's always great buildup. You're like, really hate these scumbags, you know, like, Oh, he's every fucker in this needs to die. And then sure enough, man, your, your hero, 
you know, like, and again, the hero's like one of us. He's just like, you know, like, you know, he's just a dude. He's not some superhero guy. He's just a guy that just had enough and maybe got fucked over enough. And he starts taking fuckers out. And that was what I got. I had that feeling right away. And being a, you know, a writer and stuff like that and, you know, and wanting to do these kind of movies. It, it was one of those movies I saw that and it was like, you know, and you're walking around like, oh, my God. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I got to fucking, yeah, I want to see this movie. I want to make a movie like this. You know, you're like, you're excited. You know, you just can't, you know, like, yeah, you know, like, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's really inspires you and it makes you, you know, want to, you know, do something like this as well. Because it's like, it's just like the perfect example of an exploitation movie you know and, and like and and when it and when it came out you know it 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 really even though it's kind of trying to make that you know like a come up from the movie from that time it did inspire a lot of people and there was a lot of filmmakers doing stuff and that's what i think when i see it and that's why I, it's really endeared to me i really i really love this movie it takes me back to that time uh, when I'm being younger and seeing this stuff, and then it, but it, it's also it, it, it's kind of a bridge to the future, you know what I mean? It's like it, mm -hmm. it, it, and 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 that's what I love about it. And of course, Rutger Hauer. I mean, you know, geez, you know, I, I, the filmmakers themselves, everybody involved in this thing is cool, you know. <laughs> it's like I get there's there's nothing bad to say about it other than I'm not reviewing it yet, but you know that that I I just when I saw it, I, I knew the, I, this was something special. And and it still holds that place in my in, in my in my film my little you know filthy theater fucking heart <laughs> you know, of a, you know of a, it's there you know it's one of those top movies like I just I love it and uh, that's all I can say really about that uh, that's my that's how I feel <laughs> all right Derek kick it off to you next first impressions yeah. initial thoughts on uh, Hobo with the shotgun. So I want to say my first time hearing about it was probably in the Grindhouse trailers because I remember I was really getting into movies around 2009 to 2010. You know, I was in like early in my high school years and I was, um, uh, man, I want to say I remember seeing the fake trailer and I thought, man, that would be cool. I mean, much like a lot of those fake trailers in, in Grindhouse. They, I mean, I'd love movies for all of those. Oh, I'd love and, to see uh, a feature film for every single one of them. Absolutely. Right, right. Oh, hell yeah. You know, so I'm watching this, and I'm like, okay. Well, a Magnet Releasing, who released the film, they also put out, like, you know, VHS and ABC's of Death and a lot of other stuff. I want to say I purchased one of those. It might have been the first VHS, because that came out a year before this. And I saw the trailer for Hobo with a Shotgun in there. I was like, oh, shit, they made a feature. And, you know, I grew up in video stores and I remember the old school posters and thinking like, you know, oh, man, these movies are so awesome before even watching them. So when I saw the poster for it, I saw the DVD cover and all that. I was like, man, this is going to be sick. And, uh, you know, obviously I, I, I like Rooker Howard from um, from Blade Runner and Split Second and stuff like that. So I'm like, you know, this is this is going to be awesome. And I watched it and I loved it. And, and just like Tom had said, you know, it it's. You know, you're seeing this scummy city with all these like low life bastards doing nasty, grimy shit. And it's just like they they do such a good job of making you hate everybody on screen and then having just this underdog everyday dude show up and decide to clean it all up. It It is super satisfying because it's like and, and even like the scene, you know, we'll get to talking about it, but like with the. The guys who are robbing the pawn shop when he first gets that shotgun and starts cleaning house, it's like, 
that scene is so upsetting and it's like really hard to watch. And then when you finally see those guys get blown away, it's like, God, thank you for killing mm-hmm. those dudes. Good but, riddance. Uh, <laughs> and and it, it, there's something uber satisfying about having an everyday guy or an underdog or a nobody become a hero and watching them do it. And, um, by whatever means necessary and and this movie does a good job and it's just the soundtrack uh the cinematography the special effects the costumes the story the care i mean everything is just firing on all cylinders in this movie and i just i truly i fell in love with it uh the the very first time i watched it it was just it was such a blast and i was like literally jumping up and down in my seat just with excitement with how much fun I had. It's, it's, it's a great movie. And I, I like to revisit it. I mean, a couple times a year if possible, cause it's, it's very inspiring um, because of how low budget it was essentially. And, and just watching it, you know, gain this cult popularity and, and hear people referencing it or talking about it. I mean, there's bands I listen to that use samples uh, from the movie in their music and it's oh really? Like, yeah, there's there's a death metal band from uh, Denmark. I believe they're from Denmark uh, called uh, Aborted. And in the beginning of one of their songs called "Your Entitlement Means Nothing," they use the clip where I think it's Ivan says, uh, uh, "He's like, listen up, you fucking androids. Uh, my father has something he wants you to see, and if any of you look away for even a second, I'll make you wish you were fucking aborted." And then it kicks into the song. Oh, and, uh, I remember yeah. listening to that album and I was like, oh shit, that's from Hobo with a Shot. They used that and it was really funny. But um, but yeah, they're they're metal band, they do a lot of like horror themed stuff. So they use samples from a lot of different uh horror movies. And so when I heard that, I was like, Oh, that's really awesome that that gets some kind of like, you know, recognition. And I mean, even working at a record store where we sell movies and stuff like that and, and how frequently people come in and ask about it or buy it. Uh, Cause we, I mean, we sell for like between five and $10. So, I mean, it's like people come in pretty frequently and pick it up and um, you know, talking to people who, you know, love it. And it, it's, it's really awesome. And uh, yeah, it's just such a fun movie to watch. I agree with both of you on so many levels. Um, the first time I saw this was, I think, when I was made aware the the trailer was on uh, was on YouTube before I actually bought the the Grindhouse double feature Blu-ray or might have been on DVD, and then I saw the trailer in in respect to to that DVD. And I was just like, when I heard they were making a, a feature film of this and that it was going to be starring Rooker Hauer, I'm like, well, there's two reasons right there to fucking buy it and be in for it. Uh, I love the way it starts out. It, it starts out like a spaghetti Western, you know, with the music and this lone kind of stranger riding into town. And he's nameless. He's just an everyday man, you know, a normal guy, you know, that just happens to be a hobo and he's not known by anything else. He never gets a name. Never gets any really backstory. You know, you, you maybe get a hint when he talks about having a brother, you know, or, or when he's talking to the the babies, you know, in the uh, uh, the group mm-hmm. of newborns. And he talks about you'll never think about, you know, killing a man's wife. I kind of think that might have been alluding to a little bit of his backstory, but you never really find out about anything about him. He could be any one of us. And all the bad guys in this movie are so colorful. They're so great, and I mean, they're horrible, horrible people, and they're like a Darth Vader. You love to hate them, 
and right. especially when they're doing things like you know flambéing a you know school bus full of children or <laughs> you know the pedophile Santa you know oogling over little kids you know or the the cop who strangely looks like uh, an aged uh, Kurt Angle that's like you know soliciting Abby and you know and the things he says to her everybody in this movie is just such a a scum bucket piece of shit and it's just so colorful and uh, i love everything about it the ultra violence i love the fact that it has a ton of uh, trailer park boys al- alumni in it that's just me but you know everything is just like some of the random craziness like when you know drake's uh minions are playing you know like with a homeless person hanging upside down like it's a fucking pinata or uh, you know when they go right. into the, the arcade in the bowling alley and there's you know they're doing the strongman competition but smashing people's feet and shit like that it's just random fucking craziness that has no place in the movie really to further the story long other than to go look how crazy we are and right. i love it right it, it really adds to the world building i think yes and, and, you know, in I, I know something we'll talk about later is all the spinoffs or sequels or prequels you could do. And I, I love little things like that in movies where it's like, this is so out of place, but it does kind of add to the chaos and to the backstory and the general just like world building that they, because it's like, I could not even imagine living in a world like this. Like when I was a kid growing up, you know, you always heard about how like, how bad Detroit was of a city. Like, yo, you don't mm-hmm. go there. It's, it's really bad. It's like Hobo with a shotgun is like what I, as a kid, imagined Detroit was like, um, which is like awful to yeah. say, but it's like, you know, people put in your heads how scary the real world is and how horrifying big cities are. And as a kid, like, this is the shit that I thought of. <laughs> You know, Me I'm like, too. I I, I made a note here that I, I thought it like it, this movie was like what I imagined nineteen early nineteen eighties New York City and Detroit must have been like. Yes, for real. And it's like you know that's just in my. But it's like I was just in Detroit not long ago, and it, I mean it it it's rough, but it's not the worst place I've ever been. And I was in Manhattan last year, and it was not as bad as people make it out to be. I mean every every place has you know rough spots. You know it's just that's what it is, but. It's like, you know, growing up as a kid, when you hear about how scary the real world is, I mean, it's like, obviously our imaginations go wild and this is what it is. And I feel like in a way, this guy, you know, Jason, when he made this movie, he had to be like, you know, I'm going to make up an imaginary city that is everything that I was fearful a a big, scary city was when I was a kid, you know, and like, how can I like take this and run with it and make something truly horrifying because i just like i said i could not imagine living in a place like this because it almost feels like almost what do they call it fuck town i mean i think yeah scum scum town scum town which which, which i was gonna scum town that was it right well that was the thing like it kind of like when you mentioned the western thing you hit it right in the head the lone cowboy kind of coming into town who and who doesn't have a name but that, the setup is so cool because when you come by, he's on the train, and you see the city, the actual, you know, the welcome to whatever city. But it says scum town, like somebody spray painted over it. That sets it up for that because it's like, it's like, okay, well, what fuck, where the hell is he going? You know, it's scum town. Okay. You know, because, see, I grew up in Los Angeles. That was back when I grew up. Like, there's there are places like you, you know, you could you know find some trouble, right? I mean, oh, it's yeah. not all it's not all Hollywood and la da 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 da. You know, it's like you know. Oh yeah, there's a lot of areas in there, but I, I remember in LA for a year, dude. And but, I, I'm telling you, I, there were some spots where I was like, "Man, this yeah. is scary." <laughs> well, okay. The thing with the the thing with the sign, just real quick, 
and you were talking about, you know, like like Detroit and certain things from areas you shouldn't go. There was, uh, I remember off, I forget what, what freeway was on out in LA. I think it was, it may have been the 10 or the 101, but there was a, uh, there's a sign out there, uh, uh, one of the exit signs on the freeway, and it says exit, and somebody, it, it was on there for years, and uh, the, on the sign it said, uh, I think somebody painted, in spray painted, if you dare. <laughs> and I got, God. And I, you know, I'm like, yeah, oh, well, fuck yeah, because, you know, I'm like, yeah, you know, you might, you, you know, you may not want to, you know, go down here, you know, so you may not want to exit here, <laughs> and it's a scum town, that was a great way to set that up, like, he's Absolutely. going someplace. He's not coming into some town. He's gonna to find some trouble. He's coming into fucking scum town. It was a great way to. It was a great way to set the tone. Like he's already coming into the worst fucking town. You know what I mean? And and it's I and like I love the question of whether or not like is he gonna find trouble? It's just like when is he gonna right. find trouble? Right, yeah. right. He's he's riding right into it. You know. Yeah, and, and, and it, it and, does have that modern spaghetti western kind of feel to it. It's yes. Like this movie has like. It kind of has a post-apocalyptic vibe, but it's kind of like a transitional period into that descent into chaos mixed with like a Western, but it's more modern. And it's just it is such a crazy combination of things. And it's just that's it just makes it truly unique. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I have the next question that I want to pose to us uh, in our little roundtable discussion here. There's so much craziness in this movie. I think we can all agree there's there's craziness galore. There's 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 blood. There's gore. There's crazy dialogue. There's scenic stuff that is just visually just uh, exhilarating and, and excruciating at the same time. What is one like one or two of your favorite scenes? or sequences in the film, and Derek, I'll kick it off to you first. Oh, yes. Okay. So, I have a couple. Um, one of the big ones is obviously when, you know, Hobo first shows up and he sees Drake with his kids um, right before they do that big display with, uh, you know, Ricky from... <laughs> uh, right. From, uh, trailer Park Boys. Like, I knew, who, I knew who it was, like, before I even seen him, but when he's coming around the corner just screaming, I'm like, oh, I know that fucking voice. Oh, yeah. Well, and this was way before I even watched Trailer Park Boys, so it's like, I had no reference on that at all, so I was just like, oh, shit. So I had maybe seen, like, three seasons of it at that point, you know, and, like, but I knew... Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody it, screams fuck like Ricky. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so when I anyway, saw sorry. Trailer Park Boys for the first time, I'm like, oh, shit, that's that guy from Hobo's Shack. And people are like, what? No, he's doing this way before that. And I was like, oh, OK, well, <laughs> cool, because I didn't know how old that was. But that scene sets up the tone of not only how violent the movie is, but like straight up, just like how crazy these people are. Because, I mean, that is like a horrific way to die, like horribly. Uh, and you know, they, you know, they're screaming at these people, making these people watch. There's a chick dancing around in the blood, and it's like, what the fuck is happening right now? Bit of trivia, uh, if I can interrupt for a half a second. Yeah. Bit of trivia: there is a man uh, that's an extra in the background during that scene, who is technically blind for years leading up to that, and had corrective surgery to get his eyes, you know, fixed. Uh-huh. And one of the and this was mere days before he was an extra on set. So he said that he the first thing that he got to witness with his new set of eyes was a man being decapitated on him with the manhole cover around his neck and a woman dancing ah, in ah, the blood. Ah, ah, so that was completely burned into his mind. So, but I'll let you go. I had to get that bit of trivia. Amazing. Oh, that's killer, man! I was like, that's something you'll life. never forget, right? <laughs> oh, no kidding! Holy shit! That that's amazing. 
But um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I had to no, give that little tidbit. I'm genuinely jealous of that guy. Like that is <laughs> legitimately the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. But right, uh, right. Uh, so that uh, I really like a lot of the scenes between Abby and Hobo. Like it's really endearing and very sweet, and it's like. She's just obviously like, this is just a way of life to her. And it, it kind of alludes to like the way he, uh, Hobo treats her, the way he, you know, cares for her and stuff. It, it, it feels like she's maybe never known that. And, and just like the, a lot yeah. of those scenes are really sweet and I really like. Um, like she's just you know, never known kindness. There's no such yeah. thing as kindness in Scumtown. And, and it kind of, again, adds to that world building of how long has it been like it here? I mean, has she grown up just knowing that this is what life is? You know, is it right? I, mean, you know, I kind of so get the feeling that like uh, Drake had been in charge, you know, since for a long you know, since time. like yeah, you know, like the beginning of time, at least you know, for decades. Because yeah. he's he's such a larger than life villain, and he's so good at it, and he's just like him and his boys. Like, I mean, when they, I, I gotta laugh. It's terrible, but it is hilarious when they are walking around on their uh, ice skates. He's like, like, you're going to ruin skates. He's like, I ruin everything. And they go up on the fucking school bus and light those kids up with Disco Inferno. Disco Inferno, burn, baby, burn. My God, it's so good. And um, it's just like, my God, it was so good. And um, But my favorite scene in the whole movie, and I know we're going to talk a lot about it, is when the plague shows up to the hospital. Mm. Because, and it's a great, scene because you have the hobo's monologue to the uh to the newborns which is like should be taught in fucking s- film school that scene is so awesome and that one of the best, so great. best monologues like in history what top, seriously top five. I mean, i'm literally getting chills right now and i tell people even if you don't watch the whole movie watch that scene leading up to when the plague shows up because that is so expertly executed no pun intended um but, but yeah, so that scene with that monologue, and then when the plague shows up and that low Dutch angle, and that cop like whips out a gun and starts, and I'm like, dude, everybody in this world has guns. And um, dude, when the plague just goes through there and starts cleaning house with the fucking the noose gun and shit, I was just, I was losing my mind. And it's, I obviously I love seeing the good guys win, but I love gnarly bad guys, and yes, the plague yes. are like, cream of the crop for fucking gnarly bad guys and it just i loved watching them do their thing but i also wanted to see them get in like a sweet fight with the hobo so it was like it was uh, that i mean the the music the lighting the cinematography i mean everything about it was so well done and um that just that's just such an exciting scene and i i remember i was working on a movie last year and um we had a scene with very similar lighting and they wanted to have the, uh, the, the evil characters walk into a scene and for a reveal. And I literally looked at our cinematographer and our director. I was like, you guys seen hobo, the shotgun. They're like, yeah. I was like, remember when the plague shows up? I was like, that's the angle we should do. And they're like, yeah. So they filmed it like that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah. There you go. Hell yeah. Sweet. Uh-huh. It was, uh, the movie they see you. Uh, if either one of you guys have seen it yet. It's, oh, uh, I, I bought or, a copy, but I have still not yet to watch it. I've been slacking only so oh, many dude. hours in the day to watch it, man. Damn. When, uh, when you see it, you'll know. Uh, it's it's pretty great. I'll text you. Uh, yeah, please do. <laughs> because, I mean, again, it's that's just the way that movie inspires me. Because I saw it around the time when I wanted to get into filmmaking. And watching that movie, it was so different from a lot of the stuff I had watched because it's like a retro movie, but it's new. 
and with a new take and a young guy at the helm. And I'm like, dude, this is the kind of shit I want to make. So it's uh, being able to kind of throw that out there on a set and have them actually do it was really cool. But yeah, those scenes uh, are, are all fantastic. I mean, it, there, there's so many great scenes, so many great lines in the whole movie. I mean, uh, it's just, it, it's all just so good. And it's, it's really hard to pick. And in fact, I know when we're done with this, I'm going to end up watching it because it's just going to Oh, be- yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it up. Watched it, uh, again this morning. You know, <laughs> probably the third time in preparation for the show, but I have no problem with watching it uh, another time. <clears throat> oh, yeah, it's just, it, it's so good. I mean, it's I just, it, it is like truly, it's it's one of those, you know, more recent cult favorites that I just, I, I more people need to see it for sure. Definitely. All right, Tom, we'll kick it to you next. Favorite couple of scenes? Well, I, there, I mean, first of all, every single word that came out of Derek's mouth, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, I'll just see every way, every way, everything he described, I'm, I'm with him on all that. There were a couple of things I, that were just uh, satisfying to see uh, and a good scene, too, was, uh, well, um, when the, uh, when, uh, the, when uh, the hobo finally uh, catches up with the uh when the uh the santa claus when you see the santa mm-hmm. claus dude sitting in the car and he's looking at the kids i like when he uh i like the shot there when he gets killed i like it when it, it doesn't sh- you know obviously you think you know you could show the head blown up but i like it when they just show the side window and it just all the blood splashes oh yeah it just hits it you know that's a good oh, shot so gory i mean that i mean that's fucking good it's just like you know this guy's such a scumbag he's like you know jerking off and looking at kids it's just like you know and then fucking, and then he gets his, you know, it's like, yeah, that was sad. That's, that's one of those. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking satisfying. And, and another scene, one of my favorites, and, and it comes with one of the lines, uh, is when he, when the hobo kills the Drake, uh, when he blows his head off, um, the, when he says the line, uh, what's he say? He says, you're riding, he says, you're, uh, you're you riding shotgun. You're going to ride shotgun. Yeah. And he's the Drake's last line is you're going to miss me. Yeah, right. <laughs> but you're riding shotgun. Right. And then bang. And then fucking he blows it. So that's that. I mean, that's pretty fucking badass. I agree with uh, what Derek was saying about villains. To me, to me, villains are, are everything in these movies. Uh, you know, if you don't have good villains, I don't care how great you're. There's nothing. If you don't have great villains, you're a good guy. You got no, he's got nothing to do. You know, you got you got you. You know, you got to have fucking great villains and. And villains are my favorite. When I watch a movie, I, I pretty much judge it on, you know, I like I, the bad guys are, you know, if you don't have good bad guys, you don't really have a, much going on, and especially in something like this. And this whole, th- this movie's chock full of bad, bad motherfuckers. I also love the scene, and again, it comes down to my my love for, for like, revenge shit, you know, like, you know, when the cop's going to rape her, and he's just a real scumbag, and he's, like, pulling down a zipper, and he's going to fucking make her do shit, and she's just like, uh and then, you know, and then fucking, then when he gets his. And then it's cool because they use the bot, his body, that the cause body to help, you know, when, when we don't, we don't see it at first, you know, until it's revealed. But, you know, she's got the hobos hiding in the, in the shopping cart. And then she drapes the, the cop, they got him draped over it, you know, as cover, you know, and like, oh my God. You know, and then people are getting yep, out of her yep. way. And she's got the, the guy they're all looking for. He's hiding underneath this cop. <laughs> so, and so that was pretty, that was pretty, that was pretty cool. So yeah. I mean, I, I, it was one after everything with the plague is is top shelf. 
again, I think we talked about this earlier at some point before the show, but uh, I agree 100% about the plague. Uh, they definitely need their own movie. So if anybody out there uh, connected with this movie or the rights of this movie, you know, please make the plague movie. <laughs> you know, you or at know, least, at the very least, a hobo with a shotgun uh, are, sequel. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, do a sequel, damn it. Do a hobo with a shotgun sequel or something that brings back Scumtown. And, and, like, you know, you got enough going on in this thing to make another movie. Uh, or definitely with The Plague. I mean, just the, even the, you know, standalone movie with The Plague. But you've got, I mean, what a great city. You know, Scumtown definitely is still alive and well out there in the world. So it's like, you know, it's there's no reason you, you couldn't keep going with it. I, I, if I, like I said, if I was, if I was connected with this movie in any way at all, I'd be, that'd be the first thing in my mind. Like, okay, all right, let's sit down, let's write a Plague movie. You know, it's like, right, it's, right. they're too good. We talk about villains. I mean, they're just, I mean, who doesn't want, you know, they're just that whole thing with the plague. You could go so many places with that. You know, who are these guys? You know, what's going on? You know, I mean, you could just keep going. But anyway, I don't want to keep getting off. I don't want to get off too far on the thing. But those are my some of my favorite, most satisfying scenes. All of them, especially in the pawn shop, all that stuff is gold. Especially when the first time, that first time he kills that motherfucker, when he first shoots the shotgun. Is like is just like you know, that's like you you haven't eaten in, th- in a day and a half, and you have a take big bite of that double cheeseburger. It's like yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, it's like it's, exactly. you know what I mean. It's like you know what I mean. It's like a fuck. It's like the it's so satisfying. I remember when I watched it again. I hadn't watched it in a while, and I put it on, and I was watching it, and it was like I remember that first shot. And I was like, I, I had this like feeling of like endorphins and you know euphoria, like you know, like it was like oh yeah, fuck yeah, I kill those motherfuckers. Kill those motherfuckers. Yep, for you know, every bit, uh, <laughs> every bit, you know, do you have a, a colorful hero? You got to have colorful villains, otherwise. Oh hell yeah! I yep. think my uh, couple of favorite scenes, without reiterating too much of what you two gentlemen have already said, because I agree with everything, because there's so many great scenes. I think one of my favorite is the post pawn shop scene when he goes on the rampage, when the hobo just goes on a massacre, just taking out. You know the the pedophile Santa, the the bum fights guy. Now that's right. <clears throat> like that bum fights guy. I wanted to see him die more than anybody else <laughs> in this movie. Like exploiting these people, making them beat each other up for money, gargle with broken glass. Boom, get that mother or the pimp that's abusing his, uh, you know his 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 hook. You know the hooker, and like right. every single one of them just just taking them out, you know, just mob justice, or not mob justice, but, you know, vigilante justice all the way. And just uh, th- that whole sequence is great. And I kind of love it towards the end. Uh, there's a scene towards the end when Abby, uh, you know, you know, the, the hobo gets uh, taken hostage and she goes out to save him because, you know, the, the Drake kind of sends out some commercials, you know, and some adverts and everything, you know, trying to get the townspeople to murder all hobos, all homeless people and turning them into a mob. And she kind of does, it's kind of like, I call it the dead alive slash evil dead two sequence where she gets the shotgun, where she fixates it to an ax and then takes the the lawnmower that the poor hobo, like, let's, let's talk about that for a hot second. The hobo just wanted to make fifty dollars, forty nine ninety nine, to get a lawnmower to start a, a lawn mowing service. You grow it, we cut it. Yeah, that's all he wanted to do is get a legit right. business. And then she fixates that lawnmower onto her arm like a shield, but like a, a the weirdest weapon I've ever seen. I just called the the Evil Dead Two gearing up sequence. It's it's a great great sequence. Now 
I got to I got to ask a question to you guys as opposed to posing a question to, uh, to you. I have a, a, a what the fuck moment. You you both have been on the show multiple times. So, you know, I always kind of do a what the fuck moment. But I have a what the fuck moment that I, 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 I've never been able to answer. So I'll pose it. Uh, I'll, I'll pose it to you, Tom, first and then Derek to you and see what you think of this. At the end, when the hobo is in the little like uh, underground lair, the dungeon. And they got him, they're gonna make an example out of him, put him out on Drake TV and you know, decapitate him with the 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 manhole cover around his neck. What the fuck was that creature that the the plague was fighting? I, I, I have a question. I, love that I like I, so I, I, much. I, I, oh I, yeah. I love it too. I love it too. But like I, I have a thought and then I'll pose it to you. I know this is a weird, very specific question, but I have a thought on it. I thought it was Cthulhu. Because Same. there's pictures on the wall of different gods. They have the, uh, you know, they have a picture of Jesus crossed out. They have Abe Lincoln crossed out, George Washington, JFK, um, the Easter Bunny, amongst others, and a couple other mythical fi figures that I didn't write down. So I, I thought it was Cthulhu, and I just wondered if you had thoughts if it was either just a, cre a random creature, Cthulhu, and a, a, a squid, or what What the fuck did you think it was? Because uh, I have no idea. That's the one moment of the movie that still has me scratching my head to this day. I, I don't... I See, you, you kind of... Because I just thought it was just some fucking, like, you know, a creature that they were, you know, just something they put out there. And then I'm hearing you explain it, and you're saying all this stuff. Like, well, man, you got all these clues in there. I didn't even think about this. And then they yeah, go, I, I took like, a look I'm, at I'm all like, the pictures that were on the wall. All the pictures right. on the wall have X's on them. And if you pause it during that particular scene, the hobo's picture is up there, and it's the only one without an X drawn through it. Right. So. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I don't. I didn't have any. You're you. That explanation. I didn't really thought about that. That that did I, other than did just I mind think, thinking. No, but it, it, but in a good way. It was a good fucking, <laughs> you know. It was good because it kind of opened my eyes. I'm like, yeah, you know, it may have been like stuff. Well, like, well, you know, folks, something you've heard it here on Cinema Degeneration <laughs> first. I gave Tom's mind a good fucking. <laughs> it, it gave a good a good Rogering. <laughs> like yeah, you know, but I'm yeah, I, I don't know. I was I just thought it was. I didn't have any anything super deep on that. But now you're saying that. Now I'm looking back and I'm going. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm with dumb down with all that. I, I I see, you know what what you're saying. I thought these are clues I didn't even. Yeah, this stuff I missed. I don't, I'm 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 looking forward to what Derek's what Derek thinks about that. If he, I, if he I yeah, Derek, you're you're next. Go for when it. When I when I saw that the first time, like there were a couple times when I watched the movie and I was just like, you know, trying to pay attention, closer attention to some of the like smaller details and. The first time I watched it, I, I had to kind of like rewind it because I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and uh, seeing, like you said, the Easter Bunny and Jesus and Abe Lincoln's pictures. And I'm like, what the fuck? Because, again, I'd never seen anything like this before. So it was all like culture shock. And I was just watching. And I'm like, man, what the fuck is happening? But it, it totally made sense. And, and I thought was maybe this was some kind of squid creature, but I maybe it was Cthulhu that they were fighting. I remember thinking that because I was like, you know, it makes sense based on that stuff alone. Um, but I kind of like the idea that it isn't elaborated on or anything, again, just because it makes it that much weirder and cooler. Um, but yeah, I just, I remember that scene and just like, well, what's behind that door? Why, why is that there? Where is this lair even at? Where do these guys come from? It's just, it's, 
it just again it's a part of that world building and character development that just makes everything about this movie so good and so um uh entertaining and, and unique Okay, I'm going to change gears here a little bit. Since this movie is filled with craziness and we can only talk about so much of it in a, you know, an hour or two time span, do you have a favorite moment of uh, manic, unhinged craziness in this movie? Like one particular shot or one particular scene that stands out, you know, as, as again, as a complete what-the-fuck moment? And uh, Derek, I'll kick it to you first. Uh, two specifically, um, one is definitely the, the school bus scene. Cause uh, again, I was like, wow, they just killed like a bunch of kids. Yeah. Uh, this movie, right. Like, that, that was pretty ballsy to put in there. Uh, but, yeah, because you don't all, you know, ev- not every day do you see an entire school bus full of kids killed with a flamethrower, you know? No. And it's, hey, real it's, quick. Hey, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but just real quick. I don't know if you guys knew this, but that little documentary thing that you can watch online about this is pretty cool. On uh, on net on uh, YouTube, but uh, that was that crazy ass motherfucking scene with the kids. Like when you see it, you're like, oh my god, they're gonna fucking burn a bunch of kids up in this school bus. When you fucking see that, dude, that that was uh, that was the first scene they filmed. Was that oh bus god. scene? Whoa! And, and, and they're interviewing somebody that was on it. And they're like, they're you know they know the script. They know all this crazy shit. They show up to fucking on the first day on the job to work on this thing, and the first scene is. Fucking burning a school bus full of kids. I cannot. Okay, so as a and as as guys, <laughs> movies, that makes it even even crazier, doesn't I, it? I, I that being my first day on set, my first day on the job, yeah. being that that would be wild. Um, so yeah, you know exactly what kind of movie you're in for at that point. Yeah, and it's just it's it's just seeing that the way they're dressed, walking on the ice skate, and I'm just like, what the fuck even is this? What is happening? This is crazy. Disco Inferno playing on one, not one, right. but two boom boxes. It's, it's, it's hor- horrible, but also it's like, again, it kind of adds to the black comedy of this movie because it's kind of hilarious. I mean, as, as awful as that is, I, I was like, I'm laughing at this, but I really should not be because this is not funny. But, oh my God, it's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny. I don't mean to interrupt, but it's so like I mean by laughing. You're not really laughing at it because burning kids is funny. You're laughing at the whole absurdity of it. Like it, yeah, who right. the fuck came up with this idea? And then you ended up doing it. And you're like, you're like, like, you're so, like somebody would have went. I don't know if we should burn a bunch of kids in a bus, but you fucking went and did it anyway. So good for you, motherfuckers. For real. You know. So you know, it's not like laughing like burning kids is funny. It's just like the whole absurdity of it. Like. Who the fuck would come up with this? You know, like burning a whole, a whole busload of kids. Absolutely. So anyway, so. <laughs> one, one of the others, and it's such. It, 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 I'm, I'm going to combine these two just because the violence overall is is absurd in the movie because it's. I put it like right in the same category as movies like Hatchet, where it's just so over the top that it's like comedic. Um, and one is when he has Ivan strapped to the shotgun. Oh, it was yeah. a slick. Oh. It might have been slick. And it's yeah, slick, yeah. Dick. Like, he's like, dude, please don't blow my dick off. I, I'm so young. I have so much to do still. And then he just... And it and uh, when uh, the Abby gets her hand cut off in the lawnmower blade, and it's just like... Right. Oh. And then she dude, uses the stump bone to, like, oh. stab Drake in the chest. Yes. 
And yeah, that's like, fucked up, dude. Yeah. Those two scenes specifically were horrific because one, getting your dick blown off Robocop style is not going to kill you, probably. So he's literally has to deal with his whole crotchal region being exploded. Uh, and that's like, that would be horrific having to endure that. But then, like, also having your hand chopped up in a lawnmower blade, I yeah. cannot oh. imagine how agonizing. And just the way the violence is filmed in this is so visceral that it's like, it feels painful to watch this shit happen. And it's just like, that was, again, just part of the absurdity. Cause I, at this time, hadn't really seen much that was like this level of over the top. Like I had seen movies like Hatchet. I had seen movies like Day of the Dead and Dead Alive, but it's like this was filmed in such a gross and gritty manner. And it was just so real, you know, and it was just it it was staggering. Uh so yeah, I mean those scenes specifically were just so standout to me that I was like, oh my God. Oh yeah. Um yeah, uh, I think my two favorite scenes, uh, one is, is uh, you know, or sequences, I, I I can't really narrow it down to one, so I'll do two as well, is really the, again, we've already talked about it, but the, the hobo's uh, monologue. Yeah. It's just one of the rare moments in this movie, you know, where it slows down for a tick just to get to know this character a, a tiny bit, mm-hmm. a shred. And the way that he, you could tell they shot it, you know, it's intercut with shots of, you know, the babies, you know, and they're crying and, and getting more uneasy as, as he's going on. Like they're almost being disturbed by what he's saying to them. But I like, I love when he says, I hate to tell you this, but if you grow up here, you're more likely to wind up selling your bodies on the streets or shooting dope from dirty needles in a bus stop. And if you're right. successful, you'll make money selling junk to crackheads. And you won't think twice about killing someone's wife because you won't know it was even wrong in the first place. Or you'll end up like me, a hobo with a shotgun. And it's just like, I love when a line of dialogue puts the the title of the movie in it. There's just something yeah. about a chef's kiss yes. where they do it and it's just, it hits at home. But I think the, the yeah, the, the other sequence I like is, is really... Every every scrap of footage with the plague. I know we're just reiterating that over and over again, but I can't stress that enough that the plague characters are just uh, just so great. And uh, if, if anything, I think uh, the other scene that stands out is also uh, to re- reiterate something you said, Derek. When Slick gets his uh, his crotch crotchal region, as you put it, along <laughs> with the smithereens, and he goes to call his dad, and when that school bus. Vision shows up, the burnt out school bus, and the doors open and all the smoke comes rolling up. And he's like, yeah, dad, I don't think I'm going to make it. And then it drives away with him pounding at the inside of the the back of the school bus, screaming like he's on fire and being driven straight to hell. The visual imagery of that is just, again, like I've said this already before, but just just a chef's kiss, you know, to an already great movie. Mm -hmm. Now, I'll... Now, I'll pose this question to you, and we've already talked about some of our favorite bits of dialogue, and I've just already said mine, so I'll just pose this question to you two gents. Uh, what is, if you could, if you can narrow it down to one, and if not, I understand, you can narrow it down to one or two or three favorite lines of dialogue, because there's so many crazy ones in this. And uh, I mean, whoever wants to go first, Tom, if you wanted to take this one first. Uh, God, oh my God. I, God, there's so many. The, the the riding with your riding shotgun line is cool. And then uh, I'm not doing this. I know after we're done with this thing, I'm going to think of four of them and I'm going to go fucking mad. I couldn't remember. 
the one where he um what's the uh uh I like the way I like the one where he's you know what it's it's not so much a line of dialogue I wish I could say uh this might not be going it kind of going against your question one thing we didn't bring up but you know there's all kinds of cool violent stuff in this thing but this I really like that scene too where when she gives him that uh teddy bear sweater to wear and he tells yeah, a story yeah. and he tells a little stories about bears yeah, I feel like, like he's telling a story about himself. Well, you know what about that? You know where they got the idea for that? Mm. The original, the original guy that was going to play the hobo who played it in the trailer, uh, David Brunt. They say in this, in this, I saw in this documentary, they were saying, "Yeah, if you want to ever know anything about bears, just talk to David Brunt." And they show a clip of him just kind of going, "Let me tell you something about bears." When, and, and he goes into this whole thing about bears and kind of like the psychology of bears and what they do to you and what you can do to, and it's just kind of interesting. That whole dialogue thing came from him. Not, I mean, they, they, I'm not saying he, he wrote it for them, but I think it was inspired. I don't know if that was something that uh, they showed him or talked to him and then Rutger Howard just kind of riffed on it and came up with something or if that was written, but they got that from him. Cause this guy was, he was really into bears and like, it was one of those things like, you know, like some guys, you talk about a Mustang car, you know, and they, oh, yeah, and they want to talk about Mustangs. He, he'd just go off on talking about bears, you know, and, and like all this stuff about bears. And I just thought that scene was kind of cool. It was like this moment of like this, you're in the world, you're in absolute hell. And then he just like, you know, and then there, there's a soft little moment where, you know, a little break in the action where she does something, gives him the shirt and then he, the sweater, you know, and then after, you know, she helps him out and kind of fixes him up. And then he tells us a little story about bears. <laughs> that was a cool story. So yeah, it was I can't, a I'm cool not, story. I, I, off the top of my head, I wish I would have wrote some of these down. I didn't even, I, I can't think of one or t- any real particular line. The minute Derek says one, I'm going to go, oh, yeah, that one. So go ahead. I'm gonna, I'll turn it over to, the, to you two guys and we'll see what we got here. Go ahead, Derek. Um, I have two specifically because they make me laugh. Um, <laughs> Tell it to Mother Teresa while she's finger banging you in hell. Mother <laughs> Teresa, like, God, <laughs> All right. Yep. There you go. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> and then uh, the other one. Uh, my God, because Slick has all the good fucking lines. Um, the other one was I have it right down here. Um, it was the the one about I'm gonna wash this blood off my face with your blood. That one was <laughs> a different one. It's so crazy. <laughs> but then also. Yeah. The, you can't wear your skates like that. You'll ruin them. I ruin everything. I yeah, that's good. The, the dialogue in this thing is just so unhinged and hilarious. And I, I, it's like when they're writing it, they had to know it was funny. But a lot of it is in the delivery that makes it really funny too. Uh, right, but, right. You know, I, I also, I have to agree. Again, again, the the hobo monologue to the babies is is a great bit of dialogue. Uh, but also, I, I really like the moment with with him and Abby when he's talking about the bears. And what's hilarious about it is um, she's like, you know, entertaining him and like going along with it. And he is so into this story about bears. He's like, oh, yeah. And then he just like keeps going and the way he like falls asleep telling it. it's like it's a really sweet, like kind of heartfelt moment in such yeah. a breakneck movie. Um, you know, again, like like, you know, Cameron was saying, you know, like some even moments that are like kind of sweet and level and slowed down like the monologue to the babies it's also it is a testament to just how unhinged and 
what the fuck this whole world is and how crazy it is. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's all really good. And there's just, it, it's really well written for not being like a, you know, not as to say this as an insult, but for not being like a quote unquote groundbreaking film, it is really well written. And, and the dialogue is very funny and very, you know, thought out. And I just, it, yeah. I mean, again, the bad guys, the dialogue, you gotta have a good bad guy to, to make your hero look even better. And they, they hit the nail on the head with that. So it's, uh, I, again, yep. la- laughing at these, horrible bad guys because they're saying funny shit and i hate to say that it's like god they had the best dialogue but they really did <laughs> yeah they did like i think yeah. one of my favorite lines is the the precursor to your mother Teresa line that you like mm-hmm. when he says put the knife away kid or i'll use it to cut welfare checks from your rotten skin yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. or that one that they actually carried over from the the, the grindhouse trailer it's just a, such a simple line, but I love the uh, the visual imagery that it projects. Is I'm gonna sleep in your bloody carcasses tonight, like, yes. like, whoo, you know, and just, oh, yeah. uh, you know, and this, uh, oh god, you know, just certain, you know, uh, I love like, uh, you know, when Ivan I think is the one that has the line or, or Slick. I'm, I can't remember which one. He's like, you know, they're gonna make comic books out of my hate crimes. Like, who the fuck right. says that? Who writes that kind of shit? These guys you write know that what? kind of shit. You know what? Some of that stuff may not have been actually in the script because I, I, when, when I was, I kind of learned a lot of stuff from this that the, that little documentary about them and this, and they those guys were so good together that I think that some of the stuff, they, those some of those lines that you'd said that they said, I mm-hmm. think some of that stuff they just were riffing, like they let them go because they were these guys were like then these guys they, are brilliant because yeah they would just really they would just pop off a line and they'd all be cracking up like oh fuck oh fuck. You know, that's so good, you know, and well, it's like you know, they were making shit up, you know, some of it was there was stuff they were just popping off, you know, in character, you know, like, you know, in the moment, just make, you know, and they're just popping out fucking, you know, cinema gold, you know, just perfect cool lines that were just hilarious that we you know that I, I think that weren't actually written. I think some of the stuff was just stuff they were riffing. I'm sure it was, because, again, when you get some people on set, and, you know, we all work on movies here. We've all been around that stuff. When you get people that flow and like work and feed off each other really well on set, sometimes people just say shit and then it's like, oh my God, that was brilliant. Right. And, oh, and yeah. Especially when you're doing something comedic. Sometimes people just say something that's really funny or they'll take a line and alter it in such a way that makes it really funny. And um, yeah, I mean, it just, I love to think that a lot of it was ad libbed because it's just, it's so hysterical. And I'm like, how could anybody think to write something so outlandish but so funny? And right. it just it works. Well, there's such uh, there's just certain lines that just uh, that just make you go make you do a double take and make you wonder. There's so many times you want to rewind and hear it over again. Like oh yeah, like when the hobo after crawling out of the one guy's like corpse, he's like, first I gotta wash this guy's ass off my face. Yes, <laughs> like, that's another the- good one. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's just great. Oh, Every bit of it. Okay, uh, we're getting down to the last couple of questions here. Um, I got to pose this question uh, because I do this with every roundtable discussion. Do you have a favorite character in this movie? And uh, Derek, why don't you go ahead and go first? Okay, I'm not going to cop out and say the plague 
because obviously they're everybody's favorite. You can't watch this movie and not say, "Hey, the plague's my favorite." Because they're they're again they're barely in it. You barely know anything. They're they're an element of the film, but they're barely solidified characters in it. Um, they're but, faceless, you know. Yeah, they're faceless. I mean, they're kind of there. And and again, I love them to death, but I wouldn't even say them. I honestly, I really like Abby in the movie, and the reason I like her so much is a. I really love strong female characters in movies. I love badass chicks. It's a thing. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that that I'm all about that. Um, you know, and in watching her kind of go from someone who just kind of puts up with the the shit in Scum City, someone who's you know kind of in a way kind of timid at first, but definitely has that. She she definitely you can tell that she has that power. And watching her by the end of the movie become a total badass and then actually like get to join the plague after taking down these big bad guys. Because especially in the hospital scene, you can tell when the people see the plague, it's not like you're just seeing some armored bad guys. Like it's almost like these guys are legendary. I right. mean, even even at the arcade, they're playing a game based on the plague. Yeah, yeah, it's like when or in the at the hospital when they first see him, the doctor immediately pulls out a revolver and starts firing. He knows. Yeah, it's like they're there yeah, to kill like, everybody. They know these guys. These guys, guys legends. like no way. And it's I, it's the fact that she was able to take one of them down. You could tell it was like everyone's like, "Holy shit, she just did that!" Mm-hmm. And um, so that that's an amazing thing. And it's just like her character arc through the movie is really cool, and I I just really enjoy her as a person and as a character yeah tom you next bud i think uh well obviously you know the hobo is a given that you know that's not even in the running you know everybody loves the hobo but but as far as as characters goes i'm gonna agree with uh derek 100 with abby i actually think she's other than the hobo i think she's the most important character in the movie her character arc but i just it's, i think she just her just her just her whole presence, which what she becomes, what she starts out at, you know, just the whole, just you know how she grows through the movie, you know how she's got that in her to, you know to to, to you know I, I I like badass females just like he was saying I you know um, I, I love that I love girls getting you know motherfuckers fuck with them and they you know in the end they kick ass you know, she gets her hand ground off you know and she's fucking still killing the motherfucker with the you know the bone sticking out of her arm I mean she's a badass. But it was the whole thing, you know, like the cool scene with her apartment where she's like, you know, helping him out, the hobo out stuff and the whole sweetness of it, you know, almost going to be a victim from this fucking asshole cop. But, you know, you know, and then, and then, you know, rose above that, you know, between the relationship with the hobo, you know, and then in the end, she just like, just takes over and just kicks ass. She's got that fucking, you know, you know, she's got all her weaponry and shit on and, you know, the fucking lawnmower fucking shield and shit. I mean, I mean, she's awesome. They could she could be in a movie all about her, you know, uh, and I thought she was awesome. Um, another and but another character I think is one of my absolute favorites was the Drake. I just love watching mm-hmm. him. But but going with him also Ivan and Slick. That's kind of like a little all you know, a little trifecta there. Those guys—they're like know, the three um, stooges of of this I'm, movie. They're, they're they are, of, a good way to put yeah. that, actually. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, they, they are, they are like that. You know, they're, they're, they're just a, they're, a, they're a force to be reckoned with. You know what I mean? It's just, I just the whole thing. You know, the whole history with you know, you know, the Drake is, he's that guy. You, you know, when you were born, this guy was a politician. 
and you're growing up now you're in your 30s and he's still running the town you know what i mean it's like this guy's always been there you know the drake you know you and again he's so powerful and they're you know so there's so much you could you know about him that's really plus and it's really i mean the actor they got to play him you, you really couldn't i know this gets said all the time well, you couldn't pick anybody else but i mean who better what was that that was brian downey you know, yeah. I mean, who the fuck? I mean, he just looks cool. You know, he just just the way they did his hair and, you know, his suit, you know, that white suit and shit. I mean, yeah, he's just fucking, he's just cool to look at. You know, Ivan and fucking, and uh, Slick, you know, they look like fucking Tom Cruise and, you know, fucking, you know, uh, uh, what, Risky Business, you know, the fucking. Yeah, they do, they do. The, the Ray-Bans and that, you know, the Letterman's jackets and shit. Yeah, they, they look, look like Scientologists. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, they just, they, you know, so, so they're funny. They're fucking funny as shit. So, but I'm going to go with, like, if I had to pick an absolute favorite other than the hobo, um, it's going to have to be Abby, uh, 100%. I thought the movie really, she was the center of, of the nucleus of the whole movie, I think. Other than the hobo story, I think her story was, was, just, it was just as important as, as his story. I, I agree. I think we're all on the same page. You know, I mean, my favorite actor in the movie is you know, going to be obviously going to be Rooker Howard in the Hobart. Right. But right. The, the best character is, you know, obviously got to be Abby. She has the best story arc. There's, She has the most story behind her character, the most detail behind it. And she advances in the story, you know, from being a victim to being very, very strong, you know. And uh, I, I, I love the the exchanges between her and the hobo they're sweet it's like yes the first person that has ever showed her any kind of softness or kindness and they never take it to like oh he's you know it's like a love interest or anything i think he right you know, that which you know if this movie was made in the 80s they would have made it that way they'd have made it like oh this girl would become the hobo's love interest no it's more like a daughter figure to him he's somebody that he sees some sort of virtue into somebody that still has something nestled inside of them that hasn't been tainted by Scumtown. Mm-hmm. and I, I love her character I, and again like you s- said derek you know i love a good strong female character and th- this movie de- delivers with that molly dunsworth is just phenomenal i'd love to see her in more and uh, just stuff. to piggy to piggyback off that i feel like there's so many times where they force a strong female character and then and it feels pandery and it yeah, feels forced yeah. and it just it doesn't feel genuine and this it's yeah it feels disingenuous it does and um and and again with like Ivan and stuff like that and the actor they chose for for all the bad guys the the Drake could have been a very cheesy very hokey not at all threatening I mean it, it could have been really bad and it could have been like not believable but the way he sells it is it's like it's somewhat comedic but at the same time it's like that, that dude's scary like if that guy rolled into my town and started taking over i would be genuinely terrified yeah. um so it's like you know they do a good job of of selling that and making it you know feel legit without becoming like um without becoming like a parody of itself like this guy's overacting it's not working you know it it, it works really really well so yeah i mean I feel like everyone does a great job, and it's it is a very uh, a, a very well balanced with with everyone playing their characters. But I, I'm I think it's pretty cool we all picked Abby though. I mean, she is yeah. truly I mean a, a great character. She's in a way, even though this movie is called you know in air quotes here, you know hobo with a shotgun. It, it's you know 
Abby is, is our central character and basically oh, by the sure. end. Oh, yeah. And totally. I think if there's any other like little nitpicky thing I would have about it other than not having enough uh, of the plague in it is that alternate ending or that extended ending, I think would have been fucking phenomenal to keep in there. Why they cut it out, I don't know. You know, most of the time with cutscenes, I, I watch them and I'm like, okay, I'm glad I've seen those. I'm glad I had them up here in the brain pan and now that I've actually experienced those, but I can see why they cut it. You know, I can see why they cut a lot of uh, you know, these deleted scenes, you know, for t- timing and pacing and whatnot. But this one, I'm, I'm sure you guys will agree. I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll send it to you post-show and you'll have to let me know what you think about that. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, let's get into uh, the final part of the, the show here. Um, I'm going to ask you guys to do a final summary of Homo with a Shotgun and, as always, giving us a rating on a scale from 1 to 10. And whoever wants to go first, uh, have at it. Uh, you know, Derek, do you want to take this one first? Sure. Um, I would say my, my final consensus, I'm, I'm going to first say I, I would totally give this movie an 8 out of 10. Um, just cause I mean, there's, there's little gripes I have throughout the whole thing, but I mean, overall it is a very, very well done film. Um, I had mentioned earlier in the, uh, before we were recording that I feel like if it wasn't move for movies like this, you know, independent films that kind of, you know, made their way out there, uh, with this style. And I know they're the same producers of like turbo kid, but without a movie like hobo with a shotgun. Uh, I don't think we would have movies like Turbo Kid. We want to have movies like Mandy or VFW or Possessor. And just like there's a lot of movies that have come out over the last 10 years uh, since this since Hobo with a Shotgun came out that I feel like were possible and were looked at by producers and looked at by fans because watching Hobo with a Shotgun kind of created this like and I know it wasn't the first to do it because there's a lot of 80s movies that do that, like urban post-apocalyptic kind of Western style, whatever. But it's like here more, more recently, you know, we have movies like I had mentioned, you know, your Mandy's, your Turbo Kids, your VFW's that I feel like maybe wouldn't have gotten as much of a chance if people didn't see Hobo with a shotgun and enjoy it and want more of that style of film. I mean, down to the the synthy soundtracks and you know, the colored lighting, the RBG lights, uh, the the wild dialogue, the outlandish premises. Uh, and, and I think, you know, if, if someone listening to this has not seen it, uh, first off, why are you listening? The spoiler alert. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, if you've gotten also, to this point in the podcast and you haven't seen the movie, we've completely fucked you over. On yes, yeah. Shame on you and shame on us. But it's uh, I, I would say if you're a fan of, you know, kind of retro feeling modern movies then then this is totally up your alley and, and they went through know, i gotta interject here for one hot second they they went to an a quite an extensive process to get the look for this movie oh yeah yeah the they shot it on a red epic camera i wrote this down so the film and i don't understand a lot of this processing so you'll have to excuse my tech talk here because i can't back it up but it was digitally post-processed in order to make it look like it was shot on color reverse stocked cross processed in negative chemicals which resulted in the the high saturation shifted colors so having that bright color tones which you know you would think it would a movie like this would have more muted colors mm-hmm. now i don't understand that process i would love to learn more about it and i'm going to try to learn a little bit more about it but you know to get that look you know was just uh i think it was a neat a neat 
angle for them to go with. I, I totally agree. And I will say this was around the time where I feel like a lot of films were playing around with, you know, color grading and like making certain things look a certain way. Um, I once read a article in a magazine. I forget what magazine it was, uh, but they had talked about uh, how they did a survey and they basically took like 10 between 10 and 20 different people. And they made everyone watch the same movie or the same scene from a movie. But each time they watched it, it was color graded differently. And oh, each time they, they tracked those wow. people's heart, they, tra- they tracked their heart rates. And then they asked the people to fill out a survey on how, how it made them feel. And films that were graded under certain colors made people, even though it was a scene they'd already seen before, since it was graded differently, the heart rates would go up. And they said that that was the scarier scene, even though they had seen it before, they mentioned this was scary and, and the heart rates. Oh, that's interesting. That. But not only that, but they said certain colors that they were seeing, because if you can film the same thing and do different color grades and everything's going to look a little bit differently. Um, right, right. They said certain color gradings made them feel like more nauseous or it made them feel unsafe or made them feel, you know, happy or it's just like the different colors change the way they were viewing it and in this movie i think the way everything's kind of yellowed and kind of like vibrant in some scenes but then it's also lots of blues and greens and it's just it in the scenes where they're in the city and it's kind of you know yellowy and kind of like bright and it just kind of adds to like it feels like hot and sticky and kind of gross and it just it really it's kind of like uh, when you watch like a Rob Zombie film, like The Devil's Rejects, the color grading on that film, it just makes everything feel just hot and sticky and it kind of grimy. And I feel like this movie had a lot of that going on with it. Make, it makes you want to take a shower when you're done watching it. It does. And, <laughs> and, and, For multiple you know, reasons, you know. <laughs> the way the blood looks under like the blue and green lights versus like out in the open and stuff. And it's just, I, I think it all really plays into the way um, the way it makes you feel when you watch it. And it and it's really cool hearing that, you know, especially at that time when we I mean, even in the last ten years, how far filmmaking has come, you know, that it's so much easier to do what they were doing with that film to get that look. The the dedication that went into it. I mean, I read somewhere that when they built the plague suits, dude, that's not like some like foam. Those were like welded iron like they had steel plates on them like yeah that was not like it wasn't plastic or you know eva foam or anything or like foam rubber i mean they were like wearing heavy metal suits to to get that look and i'm like dude that is dedication right there but it's also in a lot too a lot of times doing it that way is a little bit cheaper you know, than than going out and buying, you know, specific materials, sculpting and vacuum forming and all that stuff. But it's like just the level of dedication going in and making this movie. You could tell they cared a lot and they wanted to make something truly unique and they succeeded. So I, I always tell people if you're into exploitation, you're into the over the top gore, black comedies. I was like, this is totally up your alley. All right, Tommy, you, your turn. Well, <clears throat> I agree everything with uh, Derek said on that, uh, all the details and stuff like that. Uh, yes, they did. Uh, real quick, uh, the, the, there's a. I keep bringing up that little documentary. It's 45 minutes long. It's on YouTube, and it's and it's really cool if you're really into this movie. And I know, I know you've seen it, Cameron. 
But oh, I would yeah. say anybody that loves this movie, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Because, Derek, you're right. The guy, they, they, they actually talked to the guy that actually made those, um, those, those, the, the, the armor and that for the plague. And it's pretty interesting. Uh, they were talking about it. Now, yeah, that is real metal. I mean, they, you know, that's that. And, and, uh, and that's why, I mean, that's why they look so fucking cool. It's legit. I mean, it's like this, uh, some guy, he put this stuff together and welded shit together or whatever the hell they did, fabricated metal pieces and made these things. You're talking about the lighting. Um, the lighting, uh, I know you're saying about the, the different things like the yellowing and the way the city looks. I like the way they broke it up. And then I like the way, like, it's total, like, when they, when they show um, the, uh, the compound where the, uh, where the plague are when they first come busting out on, their, on those motorcycles and they come, and they come right through the gate, the, the, the blues and the pinks and stuff like that. That's, like, total, like, the, the city stuff definitely got that gritty kind of 70s kind of a feel. But, when they're, when they're, but like, when they're showing the, uh, the, the stuff with, uh, with, like, the plague when they're coming out and they got that shot of that cross and you see the sky and then they come out and the gates open up and those, those blues and pinks and all that stuff, that is totally, like, 80s. That totally reminds me of, like, the, like an 80s horror movie, that coloring, that lighting. And, they, and so, you know, somebody, they thought about this. You know they did. Like you're saying, like, like when Cameron was reading off that whole processing thing, it's like, you know, it's like it, – that, I, I'm not really, I don't really know that stuff. I just know I like it when I see it. I don't know anything same, about processing same. stuff. I know nothing about it. Like, that's one thing I got, like, I, I just don't really understand any of that stuff. But there are people that do, and they went, and they knew what they needed. And uh, that's what's, that's what's cool about this movie. Uh, so getting back to my, how I felt about it is, uh, I mean, to me, to me, this movie you know, I, you can pick, I don't care what movie it is, you know, you can pick anything, you can find things about it you don't like, or this and that. But as a, as a fan and as a, uh, as a person who loves these kind of movies and grew up watching 70s, you know, exploitation flicks and stuff like that, um, to me, this hit, this is that movie that hits every note. It's got everything. It's got the violence. It's got a, you know, which isn't everything isn't just about violence, but it's got a story. You know, it's got a character. There's characters in there that you actually love. And then the people that you love, like Abby and, you know, and the hobo and so like that, you love, you really love. And then and then you really just like feel for it. And then the people that you hate, you really fucking hate. Uh, you know, all the scenarios, all the crazy shit going on. Like you like Cameron, when you brought up the uh, the fucking squid shit going on in there with the fucking. <laughs> right. like, what the fuck? Like what the hell is going on? Like they come up with they came up with some really cool shit. It's got comedy, you know, this with the fucking Ivan and Slick dude, you know, the thing with the fucking wearing the skates. You know, that's funny. You know, the way they're dressed, their lines. Or like so when like, the skates ends up in the toaster and he electrocutes him. He's like, He made me come. <laughs> right. Yeah, he made me come. Like it could have been anything like, ah, you know, he made me come. I mean, fuck. That's fun. See, that's um, you know, so like it's got it all. It's got funny. It's got violence. It's got heartfelt shit moment. You know the the monologue at the you know where the with the babies. You know, I mean that's just like that is just fucking top shelf shit there. And, and this is a you know uh, the quote unquote low budget you know movie exploitation movie. But they 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 went for it. They knew what they wanted to do. They got together and a bunch of great. People got together, talented actors, cast, crew, writers, directors, lighting, effects, all these awesome people. The thing that makes these movies so great that people, when you watch them, you just see, oh, that's a cool movie. And it's like, but, you know, there's a lot of work went into this low-budget movie. 
And when I say low budget, obviously, you know, we work on really ultra micro budget movies. But, you know, still, when you're looking at movies as a whole, you know, these are, you know, these are on the lower end of the book. And, and what they came up with this was this amazing, beautiful movie that is, I think, just one of the best in this class. You know, I, I think I'm, what I mean by that, I mean, like exploitation flicks. When you're into exploitation movies or horror movies and for anybody listening to this, if you haven't heard it, you know, even though you heard us, you know, talking about the movie, that, you know, you're 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 not going to enjoy the movie less because you know about it. You should get on right. Go buy the movie. You know, I own it. But, you know, but get on and, you know, stream it, you know, watch it today. You know, I mean, you'd be yeah, crazy. I mean, it can be rented I, I, just about anywhere. Yeah, rent it, rent it, you know, buy it. Two ninety nine. Right. I mean, just but, you know, watch this movie. There's no, you know, I mean, you're going to love it. It's got well, you heard us all talk about it. I mean, if you don't want to see it after listening to that crazy shit, then you don't like these kind of movies. <laughs> and what do you like? And like Derek said earlier, what are you what are you even doing here? Yeah. Like you want you know, like you know, you're wasting your time. Go, you know, there's other shit you could be doing. But uh, I to me, this is that one movie like i said we you know we don't always give them the perfect scores but i'm going to give this one a 10 out of 10 i mean i i, I think it deserves you know I, that's how i feel about it you know it's this one it just it hits all the notes it keeps it keeps me entertained from the from the first image that pops up all the way to the end and then you want more you know you want more you know and then and then how excited are you when you hear about an alternate scene you can actually see which i did not know about until this you know, our, this media, this little phone, you know, our little thing that today, I was like, oh, my God, you know, it's like, you know, it's one of those movies like you see it, you love it, you want to watch it. You could actually watch it and then just watch it again. You know, like, you know, that's, you know, just like put it back on play and watch it. That's how entertaining it is. It is one of those movies like uh, like Texas Chainsaw Part Two. Uh, you know, that's one of those movies like it's one of my feel good movies like I could watch two, three times a year. And I do just because it's a, it's a comfort food movie. It's know? a comfort food movie. Like I come home and it's like, uh, you know, I need to put that movie on. I feel better. And this movie kind of is kind of like that, too. You know, it's, it's in that it's in that realm. You know, it's just I think it's so I uh, it, it I say this all the time when with movies like it hits all the notes. But that's just it. It, it to me, it checks all the boxes. It's 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 a, it just it, it entertains me. And uh, and it, it gives me, it satisfies me when I'm watching the movie like this because this is, these are the kind of movies I really love. As a filmmaker, you know, you think, oh man, you know, you you, you can see it go, ah, oh, it'd be so cool to do that, you know. And you and 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 and, and uh, stuff where as a writer, you know, writing a screen, like, oh man, this is, I mean, this is what a fucking what a cool movie, you know. So I, it, it's just one of those movies. I love it. It's uh, I I, lo- I just I just love this movie, and I'm glad we got to do it. And the three of us having that was really cool having you know being able to hang out with Derek today too and and uh, and actually get his input on this because it's like you know especially you know this all this cool stuff he does so uh, that's my uh, that's my grade I, I give it a ten out of ten and uh, and if and for anybody who's seen it you know what you probably agree with everything we said and if you haven't seen it dude what are you waiting for dudes get out <laughs> you know like, get on. You know, all, all, all. Or we'll be sleeping in your bloody carcasses. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Cameron is, is, you know, yeah. So go, go out and see it, man. Go see it. You can watch it right. Just pop your laptop open and watch it. You know. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's, uh, it's available just about everywhere streaming for two ninety nine. If you have HBO Max, you can stream it for you know no additional charge, and you can still buy it for about ten to fifteen bucks. Uh, It's got a great double disc, uh, Blu Ray. That's great with a lot of extras and some uh, great uh, commentary tracks. 
But uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna match your ten. I'm matching your ten, Tom. It you know if I had to nitpick it even on this worst day, I'd maybe give it a nine and a half. You know because my right. ratings always kind of fluctuate depending on what day you ask me. Maybe a nine and a half, but I, I got to give it a ten. As you put it, it, it checks all the right boxes. It's everything I want in a film. This is my kind of movie. Hyperkinetic, hyperviolent, just beautifully shot. Great dialogue, great performances. Rucker Howard's in it. I mean, that's always a plus. And, right. you know, when I saw it, you know, way back in the day, you know, I thought to myself, this is the type of movie I aspire to make. If I ever made a movie like this, I, that was this good and this crazy, I would retire. And I would never yeah. make another movie again because there's not there you you can't go much higher than this. It's just a, a it's again I use this term a lot, but a mwah, chef's kiss. Right. It's just chef's kiss. it's just great. It's phenomenal. But that being said, we're not going to quite end just now. I got one little quick tidbit before we all bid a fond farewell to each other. Uh, this is a bonus wild card question since we are here celebrating not just Hobo with a shotgun, but Rucker Hauer and his body of work. I got to ask you guys, um, if, if this is not your favorite Rucker Hauer movie, if if it is, that's fine. You know, No, no harm, no foul. But do you have a an alternate favorite Rucker Hauer film? And, you know, Derek, I'll kick it off to you. Uh, you know, and I, I brought it up before, but I actually recently got the Blu-ray release of this and rewatched it and forgot how much fun it was. I love Split Second a lot. Ah, uh, yeah, that mine too. Awesome. <laughs> so that's I, that's a, I, I don't believe in the term guilty pleasure at all, but like a, a, for years I used to call that my guilty pleasure Rucker Howard movie, but that's my favorite too as well. Right it, on. It's, it's a ton of fun. I like it a lot, and it's like I I might have to double feature. Uh, with a shotgun and split second just because i remember seeing it like ages ago on like probably the sci-fi channel or something who who even knows and um i was just like man this movie's kind of cool and the effects and the the, the like creature design and all that was, like, hey, it's all the first really appearance awesome. of venom in a movie yeah pretty sort much of, sort of <laughs> yeah it, it really is and I was like, man, this this is awesome. And uh, so, like I said, when it came out on Blu-ray, I was like, man, I'll, I'll, I'll snag that. And uh, so I picked it up. I watched it. And I was like, man, this movie's this. It's a ton of fun. I, I really enjoy it. So, yeah, I'm actually going to have to probably double feature those just because because, you know, why not? But uh, like there's obviously Blade Runner like that's that's such like a cop out. But genuinely, um Blade Runner was was a life changing experience for me when I saw the final cut. Um, I mean, I've seen all cuts. I have all of them on Blu-ray in that media book box set. So there there was a day the one I, with I, all five versions of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that same one too. <laughs> and, uh, so there were there was a weekend one time. Uh, I, I was really sick uh, a couple years ago, and I was just watching movies nonstop. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna watch every single cut of Blade Runner just because I can. And do I regret that? Maybe a little bit, but because um, <laughs> that, that was a lot of movie, okay? And it was watching the same movie over and over. Like It's oh, like, how many movie. cuts do we need of this film, right? Seriously. And it's like, and are they all that much different? Not really. Uh, but it's like, it was still really cool seeing all the cuts. But I, I mean, seeing it for the first time when I did, 
it was mind blowing. I mean, it was so visually just stimulating. And I mean, it was just the aesthetic of it all. And it's like, I want to make, I want, I mean, genuinely, I want to make sci-fi horror films. Like that is my goal. Cause I love sci-fi. I love horror, put them together, give me that all day long. And, uh, but Blade Runner was, it, it was a life changing experience seeing that and it, you know, it made me ask questions and it made me think and it made me feel and it just it was it was so good but that's why i i would say between blade runner split second and the hope with a shotgun those are like all god tier for me right on right on tom what do you think uh i know this sounds like the easy move to say but i'm gonna say blade runner and i know you this man has a an amazing uh, career and an amazing roster of films but there's a reason why i picked that and I remember when I, I, I went, I remember when I went with my friend, Frank, we were actually uh, like, I, I don't remember the theater was, but it was a, when it came out, it was in a walk-in theater and we went to see it. And I remember, I remember the first time when I was just, I was just, the movie itself was just blowing my mind. I mean, I, I just like, you know, I was just like, holy fuck, this movie is just, I just, it was so good, you know, and I was just like, just, but the first time you see Rutger Hauer in that movie and he comes out and you just see him and it's like, I was just like, I couldn't, I couldn't get enough of him. Like you just stare at his image, you know? And I was just, and I've from that day on, you know, like I always remember him from Blade Runner other than Hobo and with a shotgun. Like I think of him in Blade Runner. Like, I know that seems like what everybody would say, but you know, in 80, I, what, what that came out, 82, 82, I believe. Yeah. I would, I would have been 18 years old. So I remember, you know, and like I said, I, I went to movies. I lived at the movie theater. I went there. I was always going to the movies, but when I went and saw that and like, I just, I was a big fan of Blade Runner, the movie. I mean, just, it wasn't just Rutger Hauer, but just, just, I, I just was just the way he looked you know, the blonde, spiky hair and shit like that. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, just, it was so elegant I, in that movie. It was, it, yeah, and I just, I fell in love with him on that. And in that movie, I was like, God, God, he just, he's just so fucking cool. And I just, I could, he was just, I couldn't, you can't take your eyes off him. Like anything he's in, obviously, it just, you just look so, I could sit here and we could go on about, we could just do Rucker Howard and talk about all his movies and stuff like that. I, I, I'm just going to pick that one because I linked that to a memory of, of, of a movie going experience, which I do with so many movies. I, I think about it's so many, it's, it's weird. Like I can't, there's so many things I can't remember in my life. You know, like it was, but like, I remember like, like, that's like, I may not remember the theater, but I remember the feeling. I remember being in the theater. I remember being at this drive-in. We used to go to the Van Nuys drive-in all the time or the one on Sepulveda, you know, out in LA. And it was just like, we just, it was just like, or the Ventura drive-in in Ventura, California. But I mean, I, I have so many like memories linked to movies, you know, like, like so many Same. things. Like I, I just like, you know, certain friends I was with, I saw them that night, you know, and I just, or, you know, I may have been, you know, like I had, you know, my high school girlfriend, you know, we had memories <laughs> going to the drive-in. <laughs> but I mean, there's, but I mean, there's, I have so many memories linked with, uh, uh, okay, I'm going to say something like kind of crazy right now. It's got nothing to do with, like, okay, we're talking about my buddy Frank. He was first singer of the first punk band I was in, right? Dude, I'm going to tell you this real quick. Same theater. Went to see Terms of Endearment, right? <laughs> okay, Terms of Endearment. I know I'm going off track. I just got to say this. Let's talk about the power of movies. Two guys, right? Like, what was, it? What was that, 84, 83? I don't remember. But somewhere in this, around the same time. 
we go in that thing where, you know, young guys think we're tough fucking punk rockers. You know, we're sitting in that thing. That scene when Deborah Winger and, her, and, and she's in the hospital and she's dying of cancer and her little son comes in to talk to her, the little younger one. And he's like, you know, like keeping the tears from crying when his mama is telling him goodbye. Dude, I was fucking crying like a little, oh my God, me and Frank were fucking trying to like not look at each other. We're both crying. I got tears rolling down my face. I look over at him. And then this lady back behind us, she couldn't take it anymore. She goes, oh, <laughs> right. And so <laughs> we started bawling. We're bawling in the theater. And then we just started laughing. Like, look at us, dude. We, we, we walked out of the theater, you know, when the movie was over. And we're like, we're laughing and just like, just like, like, dude, that was so fucking cool. Because, you know, we think we're so tough, you know. But that's the power of movies. I know I'm getting off on some tangent. That's just the power of movies, all right. you know, yeah. and that's, you know, and that's, and that's the thing, man. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, we're just watching this thing and we're bawling, man. And it was, so, it was like, so anyway, I, 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 I picked Blade Runner because of that, because that movie, for some reason, when he, I saw him, I was just in awe of his awesomeness. You know, I know that sounds like a dumb thing, the way to say it, but I just, he was just so, so, so I, I he walked out and the first time you see him in the movie and you're just staring at the screen and I attach it to that memory. So I mean, so that's why, like you know, I just, I'm gonna just I'm gonna pick that. So I know I went kind of around the <laughs> around the that's all right. The loop, the, I went I went around the loop a little bit on that one, but I just but that was it. I you know it was such a great movie. It was such a even what Derek was talking about, like what a life changing experience that movie was. I felt the same about Blade Runner. I mean, I just I really wanted to watch it. It was such a big deal, and it was just so amazing uh to watch it and 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 to watch it when it came out on the big screen and just sit there and just watch it all in all its gloriness and how how amazing he looked and how great he was in that movie and i so i think of that i think of i'm so glad he did hobo because i think you think of him like later on now toward the end of his life and he did hobo with a shotgun he was just as masterful in hobo with a shotgun with a shotgun mm -hmm. than he was in blade runner or any other movie what a great actor what a great what a great entertainer! What a master at his craft! And, and what a great, what what a great! How lucky we are to be able to, you know, to see his movies and, and yeah, to be to around at the same time to right. experience. And uh, so, you know, hey, kudos to him, man. Rucker Howard was, was amazing, and so so is Hobo with a shotgun. So anyway, yeah, Blade Runner is the other movie. <laughs> That's my other choice. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's a hard <laughs> choice for me. It, it's a real hard choice for me, but. Uh, <clears throat> I got to go with uh, Derek. I got to go with you on this one. It's got to be split second. I love that movie. I unabashedly love that movie. And it's funny when I proposed doing a, a Rooker Hauer Appreciation Month, almost everybody I talked to picked split second. That's amazing. Like, like, I'm just like, you... I can't. I can't have 10 people on the same show. It would be just like, ah. chaos, you know? <laughs> I remember you. Cause when you asked me to do this, my first, uh, I'm pretty sure the first thing I said, I was like, yeah, let's do split second. You're like, dude, I got like 10 people. I was like, okay, hobo with the shotgun. You're like, yeah, join Tom and I, well, we're doing that. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and you know, cause I wanted to do something a little bit different. Cause I figured Blade Runner would be popular. I figured maybe. You want to know something funny? Nobody picked Blade Runner. Everybody what? I talked to. One person asked for Blade Runner, and uh, yeah, that, that that was Tony Walters actually picked Blade Runner. I, I could ah, see that out of Tony. Yeah, I yeah, yeah me too. Sure. I, I figured he would, and I'm just like everybody else. I asked was picking like Osterman Weekend or Nighthawks, which I'm great going for the oh, deep yeah, cuts, Nighthawks you know. Is awesome. 
yeah, you know, I mean, uh, it's it's great, but it was just one of those. It's like I was really surprised that nobody nobody picked. Uh, you know, well, hardly I anybody picked Blade Runner. Maybe someone would pick like Buffy, or someone would be like, "Let's do Sin City," <laughs> or you know. But it's like, nah, it's everyone's all about split second. I, I honestly, it, it makes me feel happy inside. Same, I'm like, I'm <laughs> down for that, man. I think that's cool that people want to see uh want want to talk about uh split second because again that's one of those movies i feel like nobody really knows about like people saw it on cable and hbo and rented it on vhs but like 20 some odd years 30 years later nobody's hardly talking about it and this is was felt made me feel good to ask all my usual co-hosts and like have like three quarters of the mass they're like oh great so i'm not the only person that loves this movie yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, because that it, it came out. In but I think the other, yeah. so yeah, to the 30th anniversary yeah. this year. Yeah, the the other one I have to say is my that's my favorite Rooker Howard movie. My favorite performance is The Hitcher, because oh, yeah. still oh, yeah. to this day, yeah, I don't care what situation I'm in, I will not pick up a hitchhiker any way, oh, shape, or form. Yeah. Just won't do it. <laughs> and it's because of that performance. We just actually recorded that show about two nights ago. Um, myself and scott tupperman and you know we just talked so much about everything in that movie hinges on uh rooker howard is him at his most reserved and he's usually you know this is probably you know hobo shotgun was him at his most manic and unhinged and usually he was more you know it's calm soft-spoken and reserved even when playing a crazy character but like the, the, <laughs> picture, the picture just so fucking just mm. So chilling. You know, that that was that was a movie about a guy that could really fucking exist and probably has at some point right. in time. Oh totally. Oh totally. But yeah, they, uh, but uh yeah, those are my two. But uh yeah, this has been a great discussion. This has been one of the I know I say this a lot, but this has been one of my favorite shows to record, uh, and I'm glad I could share it with the two of you guys. Uh, I, re- I really do. It was really a lot of fun. Same here, man. I was I was I, I was really excited about doing this show. I really was. I, I I was really excited to, you know, have Derek with us on this and be able to like get another, you know, I and I yeah, the roundtable thing, asking the questions and it was this was a lot, this was a hell of a lot of fun, man. I, I knew this was guy. I knew this was going to be fun doing this. I was really. They they always are. They're always fun. But I mean, this was. Uh, I knew this was going to be really, really cool. So I'm glad we got yeah, to Yeah, we'll it. have to get the three of us together again, maybe on the next uh, Appreciation Month topic that we're going to do. You know, we'll get together and maybe try to meet, have a meeting of the minds and pick one that we can, uh, the three of us I do would. together. Sure, well, absolutely. 10% be about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that being said, gentlemen, I want to thank the both of you for giving me. I know it took us a couple a while. We had a couple of delays and whatnot with me being sick and everything. And so I apologize for the scheduling mishaps, but I'm glad we could finally get together and, you know, have a meeting of the minds on this movie. I, I knew we all three of us had a lot of love for it. So I didn't want to I didn't want to do it without the two of you. So um, I'm glad we could finally get together on this. Same and so um, if you guys have anything you want to plug real quick before we take off and anything that you got coming up in the immediate future. Now, this uh, will will drop in about one month's time. So you got to think of that in the time frame. If you have any any projects coming up that you want to, you know, we want to pump real quick. Now go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, Tom, you want to go first? Uh, happy to be filming um, Cruel Summer Part 2 in Florida in June. Yeah, uh, I'll be the there. I'll be there as well. You, yeah. I will be there with you, and uh, so looking forward to that. And uh, other than that, just 
got some music projects I'm working on that uh, going to be recording some stuff soon. And and uh, but that's my uh, as far as movies movie land goes. That's my next project. Is uh, I got a nice little part in uh, Cruel Summer Part Two. I'm looking forward to seeing Scott and Jim and the gang, and uh, of course you and and uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. All right, all right, yeah, I look forward to, and I look, hey, any excuse to hang out with the rest of y'all and to be in Florida at the same time, you know, two thumbs up. (laughs) Win-win. Derek, what you got going on in your life, man? Well, surprisingly, I don't have a lot of movie stuff coming up. I have the whole summer off as of right now, which is kind of cool. Well, good, Uh, then I can rope you into coming on the show more often. Yes, absolutely, yeah, no, for real, let's do it. Yeah, Uh, definitely. I gotta keep busy somehow, man. Uh, I will say uh, a week from today, uh, May 1st, I'm driving down to North Carolina to shoot um, Late Checkout. Uh, oh, I'm nice. be doing that with some really, really awesome, uh, very amazing people. Uh, we got Hannah Fairman from uh, VHS. We got Elsie Holt from Your Next. We got Cheney Morrow from Haunt. Uh, Felissa Rose, oh, wow. of course, from uh, Sleepaway Camp. Uh, we got a really amazing cast, uh, amazing crew. I mean, tons of people I've worked with on in so many different points in my life, all coming together to make a really cool uh, early 2000s style slasher movie in the vein of like, you know, I uh, think Valentine or, you know, Ghost Ship or uh, House of Wax, things like that kind of nice. going for. So it's an underrated Sweet. time for horror. So I'm glad to be doing a throwback style like that, something a little different and uh it's going to get pretty bloody, so I'm very excited about that. So by the time you hear this, we'll probably have already wrapped. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for that one. Uh, we're planning on dropping it sometime in August or September, so very excited to be putting that out there. Obviously, as always, there's a couple uh, that are top secret that I can't talk about quite yet that I know you guys know about, but uh, uh, some exciting stuff coming yeah, up. We were privy well. to that, uh, that uh, you know little-known information, so we thank you. Yes, no, it was uh, very, very excited. I literally got off the, that phone call right, right as I chimed into this. So it, I was very excited to share that info. So obviously anyone listening, uh, anyone who I might know, you guys will know about it all very soon. But uh, yes, always some uh, cool stuff. In the, in and, the I will, and I will and I will say this. We can't say what it is, but it is very cool. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> awesome. that's awesome. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I almost said something, given something away, but I like, yeah. It's uh, it's it's, it's going to be an eclectic mix of yes. stuff. Yeah, it will say that. Uh, I don't feel. I feel like that's not giving away uh, too much, but uh, nah, nah. <laughs> But but again, guys, we got to get going here. But I want to thank you both for giving me a couple hours of your time. I always appreciative for you coming on the the show. And it was great to get the. I don't often do, uh, you know, a roundtable discussion. I I usually, pre- pre- I won't say prefer, but yeah, I usually do prefer to do a, a more intimate, you know, one on one conversation. But it was a hell of a lot of fun to get the two of you together and have a have a three way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we get yeah. things a little racy on here. But again, thank Ooh. you, gentlemen. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll, when I get the, when I decide on what the next uh, appreciation month topic is going to be, I will uh, let you guys know, and maybe we can have meet somewhere in the middle and find a, a common ground movie that we can do. I'll let, I'll let you know, guys know off the air what the the subject is going to be because the listeners, you know, we got to keep them in suspense. Yes. But, uh, 
Folks, thank you as always listening to Cinema Degeneration and our Rooker Hauer Appreciation Month. As always, uh, we appreciate appreciate your patronage. Please like the Podbean page, subscribe to our Podbean account, their feed. We are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, soon to be on Twitter, and also going to soon to be on TikTok. Uh, we'll be doing some little promotional videos and whatnot. And you know, you can find us anywhere fine podcasts are sold. You know, Apple, iHeart, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we are there. Just look for Cinema Degeneration and subscribe. And thank you as always for listening. This has been Cinema Degeneration, where we deliver justice one shell at a time. <laughs>